Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 69, Rogue One. Hello, Kristen. Hello, David. Hello, Hallie. Greetings, David. And hello, listeners. Rogue One is a 2016 American epic space opera film. It was written by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy and directed by Gareth Edwards. It stars Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Donnie Yen, Mads Mikkelsen, Alan Tudyk, Riz Ahmed, Riz, Riz? Riz. Riz. Jiang Wen and Forrest Whitaker, as well as controversial digital recreations of Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, those are all some names I recognized, but I didn't realize any of them were in the movie. I <laughs> did not God. God. recognize any of those people God. as the characters they were playing. David. This is on brand you... for you, but like, come it on. It is on brand. Yeah. Um, you chose you chose the words space opera to describe this film. Yes. Why? That's the way it is described on Wikipedia. Space opera? We yeah. call that a spopera. Space opera. I I think Star Wars in general is sort of described as a space opera. Yes, it is. Which doesn't which doesn't Hallie, actually not- mean that they're singing. Hallie, have you not heard of the term space opera? No, never it's, before. It's weird because it I feel like obviously people have heard of opera, but I feel like if I ever hear of something that is beyond opera, that is a like niche subcategory, it's only ever space opera. No one's ever like, oh, that's a Western opera or like, oh, that's a fantasy opera. It's yeah. always a space opera. That's or like, so So strange. I don't know if it's if it's specific to space things but i have heard of the term space opera i would classify star wars as a space opera a spopera i think it comes from soap opera but i couldn't actually say that with any confidence but i i I assume that it's like a soap opera in space is what makes a space opera okay i don't think so okay i don't know (laughs) either but i'm just i'm just saying that what is you're uh, speculating Speculating. Space opera is a subgenre of science fiction that emphasizes science fictional space warfare with the use of melodramatic, risk-taking space adventures, relationships, and chivalric romance. Space opera. I want to know what a risk-taking space relationship is. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's kind of like how... Like the old timey definition of romance isn't necessarily like two people fall in love, but it's like a grander sort of adventure thing. I guess I guess this is kind of like that. Okay. So you're saying that this is kind of like a space opera, and and that space opera as a term is meant to imply a certain grandioseness. Yeah, it says uh, I'm still reading from Wikipedia. The term has no relation to opera music, but instead a play on the terms soap opera, a melodramatic oh, television series, you and right. horse opera, which was coined during the 1930s to indicate a cliched and formulaic Western film. What? I've never heard I of wanna, horse opera. I want to watch a horse opera. That sounds great. I horse do opera. not want to watch a horse I opera. I want to watch a horse opera. I'm going to Google famous horse operas, Let's, and I'm going to yeah, see what comes up. We should up. throw a horse wow, opera on the Wow, you're not going to give... 
You're not going to give indie horse operas a chance? You're going no, straight to the famous sl- horse operas? I'm starting with the famous ones. That's where you should... That's where... You should start. Listeners, if you have any horse operas that you particularly love, please tell us what they are in the replies. I that want would, to know. That would be excellent. I I would be down for a horse opera. Horse opera. <laughs> Google uh, Wikipedia notes that they are also called hoss opera, oat opera, or oater. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I like horse okay. opera the best, but uh, yeah. if you prefer one of the other terms, you can go with I those. like I like oat opera, because you're like, oh, is it about horses, or is it about alternative milks? We don't know. <laughs> yes. All right, so, space opera. Yeah, ooh, yeah Let's space focus opera. on that, and not okay. how I didn't recognize Alan Tudyk in, like, the third movie that we've seen him in. <laughs> I mean, it's a voice, not yeah, this, you not a, a physical being. One. Who is who is Alan Tudyk? He's the robot. Oh, he's K2SO? the robot. K two S O. Yeah, he's yeah. K whatever. They just call him K. I think it's K two S O. Yes, there we go. K two S O. Great. Uh, Rogue One. It was the first Star Wars anthology film. The second of which was Solo which takes place in the Star Wars universe, but doesn't follow the stories of the Jedi and the Skywalkers and all of them. Critics enjoyed the film's acting, story, and dark tone, but were less impressed with its pacing. And also the Peter Cushing, Carrie Fisher thing, which I think people thought was (laughs) kind of weird. Rogue One was also popular with audiences, except for Star Wars fans who can't be pleased with anything. (laughs) Just kidding, but only sort of. Uh, the film earned over $1 billion at the box office, uh, making it the 20th highest grossing film of all time. So good for Rogue wow. One. Good for That's Rogue One. So much money. It's a nice round, like an even $1 billion, an even number 20 on the top grossing films. This has got a lot of like round, even numbers. Yeah. Well done. I'm sure it planned it. That was the goal. Yeah. Joan Cinema likes those round even numbers. Joan Cinema is all about the round oh, yeah. even numbers. Joan Cinema loves Rogue One. <laughs> Joan Cinema saw this movie in theater <laughs> three times. That's not a nice even number. You could have gone any other even number. Listen, Joan Cinema wanted to make it an even number, but three is the magic number, so she stuck with it. I don't think that's true to Joan's character. It is. Anyway, David, proceed. In case it's been a while since you've seen it, Rogue One is the story of Jin Erso, daughter of Galen Erso, a rebel sympathizing scientist who is forced to build the Empire's greatest weapon, the Death Star. Galen sends Bodhi, a Imperial pilot who defects from the Empire with a message to rebel leader Saw Gerrera. The Death Star has been designed with a fatal flaw in the reactor, which will destroy the entire structure if blown up. Jin reconnects with Saw on Jadha, who shows them the... Wait. (laughs) Jin reconnects with Saw on Jadha, and Saw shows them the message from Galen and directs them to find the Death Star schematics on the planet Scarif, which is the second of 
like six different planets that we're introduced to in the first three minutes of this movie. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, very <laughs> classic Star Wars. It is very yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was an aside. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> to test the Death Star's weapon system, Director Krennic orders Jada City destroyed. The Jin and the, her rebel pals, minus Saw, manage to escape. Will they be able to find the schematics and transmit them to the rebel fleet? Or will everyone tragically die? Or, heck, why not both? <laughs> Some great Mon Calamari, a hammerhead Star Destroyer destroyer, and a terrifying Darth Vader massacre, Rogue One. Rogue I do want to talk briefly about the Darth Vader scene at the end because it's we don't really good. We don't usually see, like, I don't know. I, I this is with the caveat that I've only seen a handful of Star Wars movies. I've seen the original trilogy like several times. I saw the Ewok movies as a child. They're great <laughs> when you're like six, and probably not Wait. as good at any other point in time. <laughs> I've seen episodes one, I've seen two, and I've seen seven. But, like, there aren't a whole lot of times where Darth Vader really, like, goes off and does Dark Force stuff in any of the movies that I've seen. And that was crazy. He's just, I like, know. picking people up and throwing all their guns down the hallway and, like... It's great. It was so like, good. You know, he's a bad guy. He, he like, threatens people on an individual basis, and he's clearly threatening and is strong with the Force or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, that's the first time you see him just, like, actually tear down a whole room of screaming soldiers. Like, it's... it's I don't want to say it's a good vibe, because I just described a bad thing. But it was... It, it, it was a different view of the Star Wars universe than you usually get, which I thought was fun. As yeah. As a Star Wars... I also like we obviously knew it was Darth Vader by the one the, or the fact that he's like oh d have the, have the I don't remember what he said but you know the tiny ship to go on the big ship where he's gonna hop aboard and so he said that party. yeah and then so he says the boarding party and then you hear his little <laughs> but then just like the way you see the lightsaber. Slide red, out, red, like and ah, then the yeah. red. Yeah, it's so good. I love it because um, I like when Twitter takes fun scenes and sets it to toxic by Britney Spears. <laughs> 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 so this was one that they did, and it was so good. I forgot they did that. So good, never gets old. <laughs> yeah, classic scene. It was like the, I don't remember which of the prequel movies it was, but it's when you first see Yoda go crazy. Or not crazy, uh. but like Yoda has like a lightsaber battle, I think with Darth Vader even. Is, that, is that right? Maybe it's not it's with Vader. It's been a hot minute since I've seen yeah, I don't... episodes one, two, and three. But I do know what you're talking about because, you know, we just see him as like little frail old Yoda. And then suddenly he's just hopping around, like leaping off of things. And you're like, oh my God, Yoda, yeah. bring maybe it. It's not, maybe it's not with Vader. But yeah, Yoda has this completely crazy, um, just he's, he's flying all over the place and like swinging that little lightsaber of his. A million times a second or whatever it's just he goes totally nuts and it's like the first time that we've ever seen yoda do anything other than kind of hobble around the swamp yeah, right and 
do anything. Oh, this is in the later ones, not in the prequels. No, I think it is in the no? prequel. Oh, okay. I don't I remember. Say, like, I don't remember Yoda doing anything useful aside yeah. from training Luke. Hallie, are you confusing prequel with four, five, and six? Because prequel is one, two, and three. Were you talking about him doing it in the prequels or in four, five, and six? One, two, and three. Prequels. I honestly, most of Star Wars just blends into one another. I know. So. It just, I know. It's, and I feel so bad because I have friends who Star Wars is like their thing. They love it. And I want to like Star Wars, but I don't know why I can't differentiate movie from movie unless it's like episode seven from episode four. And I can't, and like all those planets, I was like, I don't know what's happening. At some point I was like, what planet are we on? I know we're on the extraction planet, but I don't know which one it is. And like, yeah. Okay. So it's in an attack of the clones. He fights Count Dooku and. Count Dooku. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't Vader. Cause that doesn't make sense. Cause it was the prequels, but yeah, I just, I just Googled it. And that's the, that's the scene I was thinking of. Yoda and, Yoda and Dooku. All I remember about Count Dooku is how he died with like the decapitation and the two sword or the two lightsabers slicing his head off. Like I don't know what it says about me as a person and as a child that when I saw that movie, I was like nothing about him stands out except for the way he died. Yeah, I oh, I like his name. I forgot that he Count was a Dooku. character. It, it should be noted up top here, listeners. None of us are like the hugest Star Wars fans. <laughs> no. No, no. I have, in fact, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti Star Wars, but I have grievances with Star Wars, mm-hmm. and so I apologize in advance to Star Wars fans who may listen to this and get annoyed with me. But in my defense, I'm annoyed with Star Wars, so I regret <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, I just mean that, like, there will be probably a number of times during this episode where. I confuse Darth Vader with Count Dooku, for instance, or, um, you know, things, we don't remember things the way that they actually happened just because, you know, there's a lot of Star Wars movies. I've only seen a handful of them and most of the, the earlier ones and I haven't, and the original trilogy I haven't seen in years. So if I say anything wrong, um, just set me on fire on Twitter, like. A normal Star Wars fan would. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes. I would love that. Unironically. I mean, I defend you, but I would love to see people come on here and be like, you thought Darth Vader was Count Dooku? I don't even know what they would say. I can't I can't think of any possible insult, but they would. They would think of an insult. This is how Catching Up David gains notoriety. This is how we <laughs> get the big money. And people are like, wow. They thought they thought Count Dooku was Darth Vader, and I'm like, wait till you hear me try to say any planet other than Hoth. Okay, <laughs> it's not gonna go well. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, saying Star Wars names, who did you get on the personality quiz? Nice transition, David. That's a. Let's that's see. What I did. Who did I get? Kristen, do yeah, you, yeah, you want to go first, or Hallie? Do you want to go first? No, I'll let, I'll let Kristen go first. Great. 
I got, I, well, one, I was sitting there before, before I took the quiz and I thought, all right, who do I want to be? And I really didn't know because I enjoyed the characters, pretty much all of them, and would have been satisfied with any, really. So that was nice. I feel like that doesn't happen that often. But I got one of the one of the good people. I mean, there are many good people, but I got one of the good people. I got Chirrut Imwe. I apologize, Star Wars fans, oh, if I said that incorrectly. Yeah. Wow, so it says, all right, unexpected. That's a good one. It says, you have a spiritual outlook on life and feel deeply connected to those around you, but you'd also be good in a fight. The Force is with you, and you're one with the Force. Congratulations. You're Chirrut Imwe. Yeah. So I like him. He's a good noodle. And I, too, am a good noodle. I don't know. What does his description say? Oh, you just I, read I it, literally you? just you read it. You literally just read it. I thought you were describing it. I'm really off today. I haven't eaten yet. I'm, golf, I'm, going, I'm, I'm running off half a chocolate bar and some chunks of mozzarella cheese. So you'll have to You think me. I was just saying you have a spiritual outlook on life and yeah. feel deeply connected to those around you because those words just came to me? Yeah, for some reason, I thought those words just came to you. They did not. I accept that I'm at fault here. I don't have a, I don't have, I don't have a defense, guys. Well, maybe your character result will be your defense. Maybe who you are can uh, save you from who you are. Well, I'm Jin Urso. You may be reluctant to take charge, but when you do, you inspire others to follow your lead and give those around you hope. You're also a natural rebel. Congratulations, you're Jin Erso. That came up my head. I can read the description as well, though. Great. That was that was the description. I made a joke. I'm so funny. I'm Jin. I'm a badass. Uh I like Jin. I like Jin quite a lot. Yeah, Jin's cool. Uh, she's cooler than you, so that's not a fitting result. I disagree. I like her jacket and her whole <laughs> vibe. So I am going to take those things for me. I like her little clip when she clips Jin. the little disc on when, they, when they're climbing yeah. the things. And then she just like has a little carabiner and attaches it. And I'm like, man, love, love some useful outfits with some gadgets and some tools. Right? Yeah. yeah. We need more of those. We need more pockets. We need more carabiners. LL Bean, get on this. Come on. Yeah. David, who did you get? I also got Chirrut, which is yeah! a climactic because I don't have a description to read. Kristen already read it. <laughs> but I was Chirrut. That was actually who I really wanted Chirrut. because Chirrut was my favorite character. I liked him a lot. That's cool. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Congratulations, David. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was good. Seeing Rogue One for the first time, I knew a little bit about it before watching it, but not too much. Like I was aware that it dealt with like the non-Jedi's and the rebels, and I knew that it was one of the more polarizing Star Wars films with people either kind of loving it or thinking it's the worst of all of them. And yep. There not being a whole lot of middle ground. But honestly, I think I'm in the former camp on this one. Like I said, I'm not the biggest of Star Wars fans, and I'm not likely to like seek out peripheral things like Solo or The Mandalorian or anything like that. It's just Star Wars. It's 
it's okay with me. <laughs> Which isn't to say that I won't watch episode three eventually whenever we do that for the podcast. And if you'd like to see or hear, in this case, more Star Wars content, let us know. That would be awesome. I would be totally down for more of that if people are excited for it. But anyways, Rogue One, great big Star Wars bummer, and I was totally here for it. <laughs> it was sort of surprising to me, actually, that it got made, honestly. Like, it's pretty dark, and every one of the main yeah. characters is dead by the end, which I, I wasn't expecting. Um, like, nobody makes it out alive is not really the not sort of thing I associate one. with Star Wars <laughs> one and thing... the Star Wars universe. But, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, one thing that I thought was really funny is that I think leading up to the movie coming out, and, you know, maybe initially, like, the first couple days after it came out when not everyone had seen it yet, uh, I think episode seven had already come out if not also episode eight. I don't know the timeline of these things. But a lot of people in episode seven were trying to speculate, oh my god, who are Ray's parents? And so when Rogue One came out, people were like, oh my god, maybe Jin Erso is Ray's mom. How crazy would that be? And so a lot of people were like, how do you tie in? Is this, you know, like a big, a bigger thing? And Felicity Jones, I think, just kept being like, vague but also like no i don't think there's a tie-in i think you know this is its own standalone story and i think a lot of people were like oh she's saying that because you don't want to spoil the big reveal duh and then the movie ends and everyone dies and they're like oh oh she was being vague because because no one no one made it i was also kind of annoyed because i actually knew the ending of this movie before i saw it because my friend unintentionally spoiled it at the time, he had had a habit, or he had, like, his, his go-to joke at the time for any movie he watched, book he read, etc., was, they all die at the end. So you'd ask a question, like, oh, did you enjoy this movie? And his joke was just like, yeah, it was great, they all die at the end. He saw Rogue One, I had not seen it yet, I asked him how he liked it, and he said it was good, and did not say that they all die at the wow. end. And mm -hmm. I immediately was like... He didn't say it. He always says it. How much you want to bet people legitimately all die at the end and he didn't want it to be a spoiler. So I saw the movie and as they all started going down, I'm like, yeah, that's it. They, they all die at the end. So slightly, slightly a uh, bit of a bummer to know that it was going to be a bummer. <laughs> yeah. No, I was. It's sad. I'm into sad things. You know that. You are. So you are. I usually I associate with Star Wars like sort of bigger than life characters who show up again and again throughout the films and like, you know, we get a little bit like Vader is in this one and General Tarkin shows up and you know, we get some of the people from the Empire side. Um and Admiral Akbar I think is there. One of the Mon Calamari is there. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite, also, of the Star Wars creatures. I'm a big fan of the squid people. I, are they squid? They're called calamari. I assume they're kind of squiddy. That's I, offensive. I thought they were squid. Yeah. But, or octopi. Yeah, I don't know. I really I enjoyed the focus of, like, the people on the ground in the Rebellion, as opposed yeah. to, like, the mystical, magical, like force-wielding superhero kind of people. Like, Jin is just 
we'll talk about Jin in a second, but she's just like brave as hell and someone yeah. who steps up and does something courageous for the cause. But she's also, you know, along with everybody else, with the possible exception of Chirrut, who isn't really a Jedi, but they're all just kind of normal folk who signed up for this thing that they believe in. And I don't know. I thought that was cool. Yeah, like I get that, you know, Star Wars, like a huge draw of Star Wars is the Jedi and the and the lightsabers. That's like, you know, that's that's its thing. But it's Star Wars is now so big and has so many like like spin-offs and extended universes and like and like novels and stuff that like I have been I I had been begging for something like this because I was just so sick of like Order 66 wiped out all the Jedi. Except for this one, because that just happened all the time. But I also would have been mad if I didn't, because it's a whole universe, and you can't just exterminate all the Jedi in a whole universe. It makes sense. There are a good number. I don't know. I have a lot of conflicting opinions about Star Wars. Yeah. But I really like that these are just normal people who are doing something something heroic, and that it's like it's like a war movie. Yeah. Instead it, of it is, instead definitely. of a yeah, instead of a adventure movie. And there's there's nothing wrong with like the adventure formula. The adventure formula is great. And this definitely follows, you know, an adventure formula like we have a bunch of like things the heroes have to do before they do the final task and all that. But I don't know, it's like it takes a different tone. You know, they were were willing to experiment with this like I feel like they didn't experiment nearly as much as they could have with episode seven with, you know, like a brand new chapter of the story. So this this was actually them branching out. And that was nice to see. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's not exactly like a a slice of life Star Wars movie, which I would also be into. But mm-hmm. like it is sort of we get to see more of what it's like to be a part of the rebel alliance and Um, be mm -hmm. like a normal quote-unquote i guess normal soldier in the cause yes Kristen. oh i was gonna say that that is part of the reason that rogue one is probably my favorite star wars thing is that i feel and i've said this before i feel like star wars does a lot of world building in the sense that they show you 20 different planets and give you like three things about each planet and they'll be like this one has sand this emperor is from here and all their creatures are part fox part lizard or something like that and that's their version of like world building but it lacks a lot of depth to me which i know star wars fans i'm i'm sorry but to me it's, I shouldn't have to read, like, guidebooks and source material and watch all the movies, read all the books, all the comic books, all the video games, emphasis on multi and multimedia in order to know these different planets. I would much rather prefer, like, seven different planets that I learn much more about. Mm-hmm. And it feels much... Otherwise, they all blend together to me. And so what I yeah. really like and- about Rogue One is that you do take just, like, a core group of people, and it is not 
the the skywalkers who are actually connected to this person and this person and this person across the galaxy it's not the political agenda of going from this planet to this planet to this planet to talk to random emperors where they're all sitting in a council and i don't know who these people are or why they're relevant you get the groundwork people you get a core set no that's not what i was gonna say um I don't know, it it feels as intricately tied in as it is with the Star Wars plot. It also feels like something that you can just watch. And obviously it will be beneficial if you have seen Star Wars things, such as the final scene with Darth Vader. That was really cool and probably would not carry as much weight if you were not a Star Wars person. But it feels much more like something you can watch individually and it doesn't make these references to other elements and relies heavily on you to know those references for things to make sense. It's it's a slice, it, 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 it's not slice of life, but it's a slice of the Star Wars universe that can stand on its own and gives you mm-hmm. a proper taste of things instead of dipping its fingers in all these little bowls. So I, I really like Rogue One. Yeah. I, um, I read some criticism that, like, the quote-unquote whole point of the film was to retcon the vulnerability of the Death Star into something that makes some semblance of sense, which, like, okay. But also, I was fine with that. Like, I I'm, mean, yeah. Like, I'm okay with there being an explanation for the Death Star's reactor port business or whatever it is blowing up the whole space station now. Yes. And normally, the kind of science fiction that I like the most are the kind that just kind of throw something at you and don't bother explaining it. Because once you get bogged down in the explanation, I have like three more questions that you then have to answer. <laughs> and then those three questions have sprouted off new question Hydra heads. And there's like nine more questions now. But it has always been a little bit weird that the gigantic super weapon has one little weakness that you blow up and the whole thing is destroyed. And if... The reason for that now is that there was a rebel sympathizing guy who designed it. I'm okay with that. I don't need a whole lot more from that. The movie gave me a decent explanation. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Galen Urso. He did, I the, do love, he did the thing. Galen Urso has my favorite line in the movie, which is when he's doing that little uh, hologram message. And he's like, so I did what no one expected me to do. I lied. Like, yeah, you teach him, Galen. You rebel, you. Yeah, rebels. Yeah, rebels. You liar. But there yeah, was... I and I. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, there was another reviewer who said that the. Um, this is a quote. The core ethical arc of the film is one man's decision to engineer the Death Star in such a way as to prevent its use for galactic domination and framed it as like a movie about engineering ethics which uh, i was like okay but also sure whatever yeah you yeah okay you can have that if you want yeah if, if you want none I don't. of us are gonna take it <laughs> so you can keep it if you can keep that take none yeah. of us really want to put much stock in it but yeah engineering i don't know movie interesting God. interesting point reviewer <laughs> thanks yeah like thanks for your input <laughs> oh no it never it, it it never bothered me that the death star uh had that magic flaw because th- 
things have flaws all the time and they're always really really silly <laughs> like it feels like oh i made this thing and now it's broken because of this really stupid reason like uh it's like it's like troubleshooting like when you don't know what a computer is doing and it's because like you put the usb in a different port or something like that like it feels it it felt very real to me like yeah we can exploit this small thing that nobody would have thought of but i'm also fine with it being on purpose like it's like i don't necessarily think that's a retcon i, th I think it's an excuse for them to make this movie but like i liked the movie so yeah whatever Go for it. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I was I was much more interested in the people and also yeah. all of them dying, I guess. <laughs> not and interested in like not not interested in like man, I hope none of these people make it out alive. But the fact that that was sort of the the choice in the story to have nobody carry over to any of the other films yeah like it was a brave choice because it's star yeah. wars and they want to do that with everybody at all times it's so, exhausting like, good for you it is exhausting it's so tiring it's more tiring than like the mcu which also gets to be like a bit much but at least the mcu just has like one tesseract connecting everything <laughs> but star wars is like you're a skywalker you're a skywalker you're a skywalker just to sit just to shake things up this one's a palpatine is that the name this one's I don't a know. palpatine but and that and that one bothered me too i know we're not talking about that movie but i'm like give more spoiler people... sorry <laughs> spoiler alert i oh, probably oh. haven't seen whatever movie it is you're talking about <laughs> I there's only one palpatine that i know um, well, there's one who might be related, but might not be. We don't say? know. I mean, it's anyone's guess. I'm done talking. I, know, I finished so my funny. statement. There's only one Belpatine on. I know. It's Jar Jar Binks. Oh, wait. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but like that would have been such a good twist if that was a twist i'd have been like yes give me like evil jar jar that's right? interesting and fun have you have you seen that fan theory i have and i subscribe to it i have not please elaborate so there was a theory that somebody wrote up probably on like reddit or something like that where jar jar binks was actually going to be set up to be a sith lord and hmm. that after the reaction of everybody who saw episode one, everybody hated Jar Jar and everybody had a real strong negative reaction. They believe that the Star Wars writers were like, oh, we can't do that. We can't have this guy suddenly become a super powerful Jedi. Let's Even though that would have made him that. beloved, that would have that solved their problem instead of making it worse, but fucking whatever. Yeah. But there, there were a lot of, true, if you go and look up the fan theory, there's a lot of evidence that people are pointing to. Yeah, as assuming to like, you believe in the you know, evidence. Here's, you know, situation X, Y, and Z where Jar Jar actually sabotages something or like, you know, because he does this, then this other thing couldn't happen or there's there's a lot to it. It's a very... He's in, in the background of a lot thing. of scenes where bad things happen, which to be fair is not something I had noticed before. Yeah, somebody somebody put a lot of thought into it, and maybe it's just 
completely bananas. I hope personally that it is not. But I'm intrigued. I'll have to look at my experience. Yeah, we'll send it to you. Yeah. We talked a little bit about Jin, but we should talk a little bit more about Jin. She's cool. I'm Jin. Yeah. She's cool. Yeah. There it is. She's cool. I don't have much to like I don't really know what her well, I guess her character arc would be that, you know, she's like my cause is surviving or whatever, and then she starts to because she kind of resents the rebellion because of what it cost her. But um so I guess she has a, a good arc in that she realizes like what they're fighting for and mm-hmm. and you know, steps up, even though I'm kind of with her the whole first half of the movie. Like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Go live your own life. Whatever. Obviously, it's a good thing that she did because it causes the rest of the movies to happen. But yeah, I don't know. I just really liked her. I liked yeah her reluctance, but then she's kind of like swayed, I think, you know, in large part by her father's message and... Mm-hmm what he worked to do and then she wanted to continue that but i i do appreciate that they show a character like changing their mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i feel like you don't get a lot of that especially something like this i I don't know I, i don't have words for what i'm trying to explain because obviously in movies people do change their minds i just feel like you don't get such a like no i don't want to and then I feel she I sort feel of like Star steps Wars in here. as a leader, and I like her little speech of the like they have no idea we're coming, they have no reason to suspect us. We'll just take this one chance, and then we'll go to the next one, and go to the next one, and it yeah. really is just like we're we're gonna do our best, guys. We're gonna give it all we got, and hopefully that's enough. And just little ragtag group, and I appreciate it. And she's cool. I really. I really like her next chance speech. You know, uh-huh. it's very it's it's a lot more rough and tumble than uh, Star Wars adventures usually are because we've got the magic and the force and and all that. And I guess characters in Star Wars are so often very gung ho resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, like Empire is evil. Uh, we gotta fight. I mean, which are all true things. These. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what I'm trying to say. Everybody's all in love with the resistance, and they want to. And they want to fight the empire. And there's always the empire to fight. So it's nice to see Jin just like trying to make her way without doing that thing. Yeah, I had two. Hold on, I had two thoughts, and they both collided, and now I have zero thoughts. <laughs> um, okay, I got one of them, which doesn't have all anything right. to do with Jin. But I awesome. would like to see a Star Wars movie that s- takes place sort of before the empire yeah like and maybe maybe there's a little bit of that in the prequel trilogies we get more of the senate in those but like i i really want to know as with most dystopian situations like how did this come about how how did how did we get to this point where we've got stormtroopers on every planet and a super evil emperor who's just right hanging out and and like being evil like <laughs> i i guess i want to see it never felt 
like a real effect to me i guess because we see the bad guys in their really big spaceship all the time but they're just hanging out in the void of space and i know they technically blow up a planet which is a bad thing to do and i know there are stormtroopers everywhere but it just kind of it just kind of feels like they're there and they hang out and i don't get a sense of how the empire's presence i have no clue the they don't explain lives. it it's part of their world building, quote unquote, that they just have like elements scattered throughout. And I'm like, okay, but how does like one emperor and a few uh, clone people who I don't remember, just clones? Is that what they're called? They're called something. Why can't I remember what they're called? What are the the white called, the white robotic things? Stormtroopers. Yes, thank you, stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, they're always just, like, places, and, you know, they have laughably bad aim, and it's joked about it throughout the movies and shows and whatnot, but, again, they're always just kind of there. It seems like they've always been there. It seems like they'll always be there. Like, I don't... It doesn't carry any weight. Right. It's just, like... And, I mean, you know, we... I I have never been, like, randomly harassed on the street, and I know that in real life, sometimes you are for no reason, and that cops are bad. But, like, Jin and Cassian were just walking around, and then, like, the stormtroopers were like, Identification! What are you doing here? And I was like, but for what? Because there are other random people milling about, and you haven't asked them, like, is this just a normal part of of being ruled over by the Empire? They just ask you for things like this sometimes? Like, I don't know what's... I, I don't know what's normal in in the Star Wars world because each planet is a single town and because and yeah. because each planet even is that a single, single town, town doesn't mean anything. It's always and like in the, the desert. It's, it's so many desert planets, and I get that like a single town being a planet should technically be an advantage because it means they're not trying to spread out their world but their world building until it's nothing but it somehow doesn't help this is what i mean about star wars every time i voice an opinion i'm like but if they did the opposite thing i wouldn't be happy either i don't i don't know what <laughs> star no, wars could do i'd be much happier if they had other like cities it more, on or a to planet. understand things more like i don't i don't know but Rogue One gets really close to what I want from Star Wars. Like, really, really close. Rogue One is great yeah. because when but they I... go to other planets, they have a purpose. Like, in other Star Wars movies, I watched 4, 5, and 6 not too long ago. It has been many a moon since I've seen 1, 2, and 3. And then 7, 8, and 9 are much more recent. But it really seems like, especially from what I recall of 1, 2, and 3, and in 4, 5, and 6, they go to a planet for a scene that lasts, like, three minutes of them just talking to a person, and then they leave the planet, and they go to a different one. And it, it seems it seems very shallow. Like, can't you just talk to this person elsewhere? Like, I... <sighs> and I don't just... know what it is about... Go ahead. No, I, I, I don't have words because every every <laughs> planet is a town and every person, they fly there for three minutes to talk to some general and then that's it and that's all we know about it. And, and I would much rather them give me three different towns on a planet and be like, oh, look, inter, inter, inner city conflict, something or other, because at least it shows that they're building a world instead of just like pretending to. I have thoughts. It, it, 
Mm. Proceed. Oh, what was I gonna say? I had one. <laughs> Sorry. And then and then it left. Uh, yeah, I guess. So while you think of your thought, I remembered yeah. one of my thoughts, which okay. is I'd kind of like an Empire version of Rogue One. Like, right? What if somebody? That would be kind of fun. Like, what happens when somebody growing up joins the military and becomes a stormtrooper by the end of it? Like, you know, they they because like there's there's so many there's so many stormtroopers they're everywhere like all of these people unless they are clones are they clones I don't know how this this works I, I don't remember I was under I the impression that they were just like people that were serving in basically the military of whatever the sort of fascist empire is but like how do you get to that point how do you like you don't join up and be like I'm going to be evil today <laughs> like you you join this organization because there's something in it for you and or you believe in its cause but its cause as far as I can tell is just evil right they're like, being evil without evil. doing anything like but like I, yeah I... I feel like at some point the the empire lowered taxes on corporations or something <laughs> and like no, somebody went, it did something that somebody believed in they they went to all like, the high schools and told kids that they would pay four years of their college if they joined exactly that's yeah. what they did yeah i would actually love to see them doing that kind of predatory thing that would make me hate them that would make them evil instead of but you know what's really this funny? weird comic i'm gonna sit here and brood be evil kind of a thing uh, one thing that I What's thought was funny? funny is that several years ago, my family were at a Culver's, and we're sitting there, and my parents were talking about something, and my sister and I overheard a couple tables over these, like, three college guys just, like, really enthusiastically talking about Star Wars, Star, bleh, Star Wars and the world in general, and they were, like, so excited about, about it and really into it that my sister and I were, like, having a good time until one of them, very genuinely, not for jokes, was like, but you know what? We really only ever see things from the Jedi's point of view. Like, how do we know that they're the good, good guys? Like, ah! maybe the Empire isn't so bad after all and i'm like you mean the empire with the death star that blows up planets and commits mass genocide <laughs> planet like who are like, compared to nazis thematically and in every possible way but with like like it, it, it truly sounds like someone like this kid must have been like a freshman in college home for yeah. the break because it was around christmas time talking to his friends all catching up and i'm like dude did you take a class that was like hey use critical thinking skills for example <laughs> what if the empire was actually the good guys but then didn't actually apply those critical thinking skills into being like well they committed mass genocide and they're like objectively <laughs> bad so i see the point you're making but also no they're bad like like he he tr he went on about how the empire is not that bad and how actually the jedi are evil and i'm like what is happening here and honestly that should have been a sign that like 2016 was about to mess with us but <laughs> to be clear i want empire movie not to like redeem them and be like what if the empire is the good guys just to oh, see yeah, how no. they corrupt no we don't randos, want that you know like just just to see how they corrupt randos and to get a sense of what it is they do Right, because yeah. you really do just see so Nazis. many stormtroopers. Like, they're clearly bad. You just see stormtroopers walking around with their gun. Like, they're never actually doing anything. They're not, 
no, nothing happens with them. They don't. And this is another paradox of the Star Wars world where it's like, yeah, they blew up a planet, but I don't get a sense that they're evil. Like, I am agreeing with both of these things at once. And I don't understand. I, I do not know what would make me happy. <laughs> I would yeah. like to see them explain to me, because they mentioned, like, ah, we can finally have, like, peace and control, and they were like, oh, you're confusing it with terror, or vice versa, whatever, and I'm like, but, what are you trying to get, like, peace of? Because so right. far, it just seems like all these towns, these planets that are one town, are operating just <laughs> fine until your stormtroopers come in and then just ask people for their papers when they're on the way to the store. Like, I, there's, no, <laughs> there's no big additional war that they're like, oh, here's how we win the war. It's by killing everyone. And everyone's like, that's technically a solution, but it's a bad one. They're just like, hey, what if we did this? Which, yeah, sometimes bad people are just bad. And I can get behind that in a plot. But they they don't, they have no reasoning. They're just <laughs> evil. And again, who I can benefits? do that. But I, who benefits? <laughs> I, I never, Is it the Empire? Mm, Unclear. We don't know. Presumably, don't yes. Know. But like, okay, they destroyed a planet. What now? Yeah. Like, I guess they made they made Leia sad and killed a bunch of people. But like, surely, like destroying an entire planet didn't benefit them really, right? No, if they want to control like, the world, are they then harvesting? What is the point? The energy? Are they it. harvesting the people? Was this specific... Harvesting the people? God, that's not what I meant. Harvesting I meant, Christ. like, harvesting the energy from the explosion. Are they harvesting, like, minerals or some sort of material on the planet? Is the planet I mean, I itself, a, like, going to do oh, something? We don't know. They're just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we destroyed this? And then they do it. Like, I know it's because, like, Leia won't answer their questions, and they want to use the weapon to, like, make people do what they want, which is fine, but what do they want? We don't know! Is we it don't control taxes? Like, I don't, I, I guess, take over the world in a general sense, but, like, They're blowing uh, up all the high schools uh, where they're gonna recruit the future stormtroopers. Don't they know this is bad <laughs> for their supply? Like, come on, this is... Supply and demand. They need to take a basic economics like, class. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I don't know. This isn't even relevant to Rogue One. Oh my god. Sorry. Star Wars. Just. Yeah. Anyways, Jin. Uses me. Jin. 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 Who is cool? And I like her. I. Yeah. I would have liked to see more of her with um, with Saw Guerrera because she's res she's rescued after her parent after her mom dies and her dad is taken and then she's and and then later she's like last time i saw you you left me with a blaster and a knife and and like that's not it's fine but i again just felt like star wars was doing that thing where it doesn't really show you a story it just like tells you a thing that has happened yeah. Like, I, 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 and then Saw Guerrera, like, sacrificed himself or whatever because he was like, nope, I'm done. 
but there was like no reason for him to do that. So I don't really know. <laughs> like they said, he that, was such an know, extremist. It was like it was Star Wars was like I'm gonna tug at your heartstrings. Jin was abandoned, and now her adoptive father is dead. Like okay, Star Wars, but you didn't show me anything I cared about. Also, they're like, like he's such an extremist, and that's why he's so paranoid about the pilot, like about it being a trap or whatever. But again, mm-hmm. wouldn't an extremist have a have a plan beyond just like ah they got me this time uh-huh. guess this is it like yeah. okay i don't know so on a positive note i did like that Jin seeing galen's message did like change her thoughts about him and so yeah. really open up like i don't know there was the first time that she's asked about her dad she's like yeah just pretend he's dead (laughs) it's like that would be better than realizing that he's constructing weapons for the empire but then she sees that no he's actually been sabotaging things from the inside and like you know i don't know i felt i felt positively about that that she gets to have that moment of like oh my dad's actually a good guy the whole time mm-hmm. just like i had secretly hoped yeah it's nice and she does it in the presence of her adoptive father who i guess left her behind because people were starting to figure out she was the daughter of an imperial official i don't really know how that works so he just abandoned her that felt <laughs> right and i don't i don't why didn't why did you keep calling her Jin urso then why didn't you call her something else i mean i guess the child was like eight or nine she came up well, with it's her interesting enough. too because she came up with her own name be- at the very beginning yeah at the very right, beginning like, she has a different name I, yeah like i i don't know that again just felt like they were like we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna tug at your heartstrings and make you sad before they actually succeed yeah, in doing I'm that. I'm okay with know, being sad. I, I want more sad Star Wars, but that was not... <laughs> yeah, no, but I just... Yeah, that was not exactly... It wasn't it. authentic. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. That's that's not it. I was sad for the planet town being destroyed. Really, it was just mm-hmm. the town in that case, not the planet. The planet although town. sometimes that Venn diagram's a circle. Um, so I was sad for all those people, but like when he died, I was like, oh, bummer. <laughs> And that that was the beginning and the end of my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, bye, Saw. You didn't really do much. People just kept saying your name, and I thought they were trying to say Saul with an L. That's my other beef with Star Wars. Is like, on the one hand, kudos for having, like, fun, different, unique names. On the other hand, my dumb brain can only handle, like, this is John, this is Emily, and once in a while we'll throw in a weird one like Hermione, and I can I can live with that. But they're like, Saw Guerrera, Boba Fett, and, and Chewbacca, and those ones are easy to remember too, but sometimes they just have hard names. I don't know. And then, like, the pilot's name is Bodhi. But I have a cousin named Bodhi, and it's not spelled the same way. And Bodhi's just kind of like a white boy name, you know, like like a basic white boy name. And 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 I like Pilot Bodhi. Pilot Bodhi feels great. like they could have taken a name that isn't a classic white boy name and then reskinned it. I don't think Bodhi's like a classic H. white boy name. It seems more like a hippie name. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I maybe I am. You're biased. 
biased because my of my cousin but that's definitely but. the situation i don't know i really liked yeah, okay, Bodie too uh that's like the first time i became aware of who riz ahmed was and i'm like ah look at you you're good at things Bodhi is a sanskrit name is spelled, it really spelled b-o-d-h-i yeah yeah i had no idea yeah hallie educate yourself that my cousin doesn't either <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> Actually, he just, he just is a douchebag, not kind of. He's never going to listen to this. I don't care. So this is this is just a general, this is another general Star Wars thing. And I promise we can talk more about Rogue One, listeners. We can do this. It's not going to be, this is not going to be a Coco situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I don't know much about the costs of spaceships and fuel and interstellar travel, but is the Rebellion just run by incredibly rich people they have so many ships i mean they and... steal a lot and they fix up a lot of stuff they're always fixing up stolen ships their ships seem like they're different from the empire ships though except i mean Bodhi steals the transport but like yeah. the x-wings and the a-wings and stuff are also different from tie fighters and whatever so. like i just I, just a thought that occurred to me while i was watching it is like this seems really expensive <laughs> I mean, they also have like nice-ish headquarters every time, like with their with their fancy uh, t- yeah technology. I think that's just technology. That like, it's not fancy no. technology. Just technology. Yeah, I was like, I guess that's not. I was going to say, not, did this like this is basic technology for Star Wars universe? But I was going to say, did this like dungy, dingy cave that they were in this time seem high tech to you? <laughs> no, I guess not. I don't know. I don't know. Again, like I like Star Wars. I don't know what Star Wars could do. <laughs> Whatever they do, it's wrong to you. Whatever they do, it's wrong. Like <laughs> like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know where the rebellion gets their money, but I assume, in a whole universe, they're able to make it some way without the. I mean, they have Leia Organa, yeah. and she's like. Powerful That's and true. influential. So, she's a she's yeah. a princess. They got her. Um, presumably others, but I don't know. They're probably names that I was told but couldn't remember. I was just I was just curious. This is another this is another Star Wars thing that I would be much more interested in than other Star Wars things that we've gotten. Yeah. Like how does how do you pay for an entire rebellion against the Empire? I was under the impression that it was it was. Have you seen the movie Dunkirk? No. Uh, well, part of part of the thing of Dunkirk is that they're telling so all the people on the ship or on the ship, uh, a bunch of the sh- soldiers are stranded on the beach, and then they tell like even just domestic boats, which I'm sure is not the correct term, but you know, just like small scale fishermen and whatnot, like, hey, these men at Dunkirk need your help. We have to go get them home, and so they're telling all these smaller boats to go out and help save these soldiers and i always kind of got the impression that that's what it was it's more so like in this world that has intergalactic travel people do just have ships and it's not that people or it's not that the rebellion is funding this it's that these people have ships and show up and say hey i'm here to help you and then also i have a ship that comes in handy I don't think they're like, here guys, we just ordered 20 new ships, brand new models, distributed amongst yourselves. I think people just have yeah. them. I would be totally down with that. And I guess that's sort of like Han Solo 
from the original trilogy. Like that sort of mm-hmm. feels like he just is a smuggler with his own ship and does eventually show up and help the rebellion. Yeah. I want to I want to see that with like the X-wing Poor pilots. People. Like did somebody just yeah. like somebody who is hanging out on <laughs> Desert Planet 48 and was using their X-wing for a crop duster or something and was like, "Hey, the Empire's bad." I don't know. I want I want that story. Make that a movie. Star Wars. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what are the what are the airports like? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy seeing all the ships land from hyperdrive because they're all just like there. And I'm like, you are yeah. you are very close to the other ships. This is gonna cause an accident. One of you they is gonna accidentally just like have have a ship in you when you're there that, that surely this has happened didn't didn't one of them towards the end like go to hyperdrive or whatever it's called and just crash into the star destroyer yes because the star destroyer just like shows up and they're like Oops. who shows up this seems yeah. like a big flaw in terms of hyperspace travel well, yeah. I think you're supposed to exercise reasonable safety precautions, like waiting for a Star Destroyer to appear before taking off. I think what everyone should do is announce their exact location and their exact plans of attack to other people so that the people know not to land where the attack ships are. Sounds like a reasonable it's a reasonable request. Like, sure, it's kind of like yelling sneak attack before you do a sneak attack. But hey, we're saving lives before you Whatever. kill a bunch. <laughs> this is sarcasm. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I hope people don't think like, wow, Kristen, you're so dumb. Then people will know they're coming. Yeah, I know. That's the joke. <laughs> God. <laughs> Preemptively getting mad. Yeah, I had everybody explaining your joke to you. Um, this also has nothing to do with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about when I mentioned the airport thing. Did either of you do much flying in, like, the 90s? I was talking with somebody about this the other day, and, like, how insane it would be to explain to a high schooler now, like, what airports used to be like before 9-11. I, the thing is that, I used to fly, like, once a year to go to Disney World with my family, but I was a child then, and so I would get so antsy, and it feels like it does not take as long to get through as an adult as it did as a child, even though I did not have all the nonsense to deal with at that that time. So I'm not a good... I don't remember anything about it except mind-numbing boredom. I I, I was on a plane to Disney in 99 and that's my one air travel before 2001 because I was a I was quite small in the 90s I wasn't really going anywhere and if I was I don't remember it I have no recollection of the of the plane yeah it was it was boredom now it was boredom back then and now it's just anxiety when I go to the airport so that's what I yeah. have. But I watched a documentary about D.B. Cooper the other day, and they were like, there was literally no security back then. None. You could walk in with your yeah. briefcase, and it would be fine. Nobody checked it. Yeah. That's you could crazy. just, like, go. I remember going to see my aunt in Colorado, and 
you know, she would just like walk with us to the terminal and like hang out with us while we were waiting for the plane to arrive. Oh my and, god! Like, people would show up just to like do shopping at the airports. What? Like, just go to like the duty free shops and get stuff because the airport was kind of like a mall. Also, that is wild. It's also wild to me because my mom's mom was a flight attendant. And so she regularly just, like, brought my mom with her. They would fly to, like, New Orleans, get lunch there. And then my grandma would, you know, have to be a flight attendant on a flight back home. She'd bring my mom and then they'd come back. So my mom just, like, in a day would go down to New Orleans, have lunch, come back. And I'm like, yeah. what? What? It's such an ordeal now. Everything's such an undertaking that the idea of just like, oh, yeah, I just brought my kid and we flew for two hours to go get lunch somewhere in a completely yeah. different part of the country. Like, what? Yeah. Airports Airports are always kind of expensive, but there are some that have some pretty decent restaurants that, like, oh, yeah. if it weren't such a pain and... Chicago, for instance, didn't have so many good food options. Like, I could see going to the airport and grabbing a a something. Yeah. The Sacramento but... airport is fabulous because it is so quiet. Like, I did not know that O'Hare was one of the busiest airports until I was, you know, a little bit older. So I just thought, oh, this is how all airports are. They're all busy and bustling and loud and crowded. And when I went to the Sacramento airport, I was like, what? This is like prime flying time. Yeah. And it's I spent it's a lot of time in the Sacramento airport. It's a nice used, place. Yeah, because I, uh, I lived in Davis when I went to UC Davis, um, which is like 20, 30 minutes away from Sacramento. So that's what I would fly into every time I'd come home or go back to, yeah. Also, Sacramento has a so, fabulous grid system. Like, they just have all their streets as 123 ABC. And it is remarkable. Yeah. We went to a Harry Styles concert, and it was so easy to find the venue because it wasn't like this one's Washington and this one's Michigan Avenue. Like, I don't know what those <laughs> places are. Just give me the letters in the alphabet. I learned those when I was four. Yeah. That's uh, you're talking about Sacramento? Mm hmm. Nothing matters. Continue on. Sacramento doesn't. <laughs> Sacramento does not tie in to Star Wars. So back yeah. to Jin Erso. If only Jin and Cassian and all their friends could go to Sacramento, <laughs> and take pictures by the full house houses, and just yeah, live out their lives. Yeah, yeah. No, Sacramento oh, wait, is Sacramento is great. Davis no. Davis also has um, their streets as letters and numbers i live at j and eighth see so convenient yeah and campus was at like i don't know a and third or something it was just really it was the easiest just the easiest that sounds Um, wonderful i would i would like to correct myself i said that you know jen and cassian and the whole gang could go to the full house houses but those are in san francisco not i was sacramento. thinking i was like they show the bridges i went to the, I went, the bridges I went to in both sacramento. cities <laughs> i went to the cities at the same vacation they both begin with s you can only ask so much of me yeah 
Do you know who else I liked in Star in in Rogue One? Who else did you like in Rogue One? Uh the guy who was friends with Tarut or whatever his name is. What's his name? Baze. Baze. Yeah, I liked him. He just seemed like a cool, supportive friend who's just like hanging. And I don't know. I got the impression they were more than friends, but oh, Star no, Wars I, was I also too got cowardly. the impression that they're more than friends. Like okay, good. I support that. I ship that. I just mean like I feel like he would be a cool supportive friend to me. Like I'd oh, be okay. like, Oh, I learned how to knit and he'd be like, Bro, I've been learning how to knit and then we would just like have a good time. I got a lot of good vibes. I agree from with that him. assessment. Good vibes galore. Good vibes galore. Yeah, no, definitely more than friend vibes with him and Tarut. But cow, uh, the, the, the big big studio companies are cowards. Oh my god, cowards! Let the men yeah. be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them. Get Let them make out. Definitely thing, and I make people uncomfortable <laughs> in the break. audience. If you don't like it, you can leave. You'll make more people happy than uncomfortable. Can guarantee it. Yeah. I always, I kept feeling, oh, oh, the robot. That's who I kept forgetting because I would always sit there and I'd be like, we got, we got Jim, we got Cassie and we got Bodhi, we got Tarut and we got Tarut's more than friend whose name I never remember. But I'm always like, we're missing someone. K2SO. David, what were your thoughts on him? Because usually you don't like the comedic relief character, but I, I, I mean, he's great. I had a lot of fun with him. I, but fr- I, could I not, forgot how funny he was. Yeah. I could not figure out if you would find him funny or infuriating because you're sometimes impossible. <laughs> no, I enjoyed him. I thought, I thought it was, uh, his comedic moments were generally pretty up my alley. Both. So this movie did two things well that I usually don't like, which was the, the funny robot into the funny robot and the action which i felt was just the right amount of action whoa rogue one's just like doing everything to perfection for you i think part of it too is that you get a sense of the the scope and sort of the terror of the action and the violence coming from the empire in this one like whatever like when they blow up Jada City and it's just like ripping the planet apart and there's like giant waves of earth like that's that's terrifying like we've yeah. never seen that before in the in the other instances where the Death Star blows something up it just kind of like it's just kind of poof and it explodes the, it's the whole planet you don't get to see like from being on the ground what that looks like and what that entails crazy and kind of scary and I was into that. And then, like, when the AT-ATs show up, and they're so big. Mm-hmm. They're so big. And, like, just, like, the one, like, kind of shows up in the background when Chirrut is doing his thing. And, like, that's it's a scary thing. Like, AT-ATs are, like, kind of the dopiest. I love them so much. But they're, they're not quite as dopey as the Chicken Walker things, the AT-STs. <laughs> but... It's just so easy to, like, knock these big four-legged things over. They're not a very effective weapon of war, but, like, these felt, like, kind of scary when when they showed up in the battle and, like, started turning the tide for the Empire. I I have a question. Yes. Um, 
So you're saying ATAT, and the thing is that I saw this poll happening on Twitter like two weeks ago where people were like, how do you pronounce this? And I, not a Star Wars intellectual, was like, at, at. And all the replies are like, it's ATAT, you idiot. It's like if we have ATS, if we have ATST, then we also have ATAT. Duh. But I swear, as they were coming, one of the people said at at, and I'm like, hey, that's a person in Star Wars who said at at. <laughs> that's not just me being dumb, but is it supposed to be at at? And all the fans are like, you're stupid, and have said at at, <laughs> or is it or or is it supposed to be at at? And Rogue One goofed, or does it not matter? I don't believe it matters. Mm-hmm. But I I think I'll look it up. Hold on. It's an all-terrain armored transport. Oh. It's pronounced casually as at at or using only the letters at at. So, so Wikipedia says says both are fine. And Wikipedia says either or. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. At, at. I don't know. I like I like using the the letters. I think that's just how I learned it as a child. The thing is that, like, AT-AT definitely, I feel like, sounds cooler, but I like the jokier <laughs> version of being like, oh, no, it's the at-at. I was saying that it sounds, sounds like a joke silly. they could have made in-universe. They could have had a character be like, oh, like, call them the at-ats and then have Empire people be mad about it. But no, it's AT-AT. At-at. Yeah. At-at. So, this is me formally declaring that I like at-at and will probably continue to be burned at the stake. <laughs> They're coming for you. In, uh, I've had so many, so many takes. In Empire Strikes Back, the AT-AT walkers at the Battle of Hoth were created using stop motion. Ooh, that's They're cool. Actual, actual little props. I don't know. I think that's one of the things that I like so much about the original Star Wars trilogy is that learning a little bit about how they did the special effects. A lot of it is just practical effects. Mm-hmm. Like even the the scroll at the beginning where like you get the um a long time the ago text, in a Yeah, far, you get the text away. that goes by and says like all the the backstory that you've missed or whatever. Like even that was done with practical effects. That's just like a thing they scrolled on a piece of something. That's fun. Yeah, I don't know. I'm into. I'm into it. I really like practical effects. That's that's my jam. If I if I could go back and do a a film thing, I would want to learn how to make special effects like that that nobody would ever use anymore. <laughs> I think that stuff but. is so interesting. Like I really enjoy. One thing that I wanted to do when I was 13 was I wanted to be like a movie makeup artist. And not Mm -hmm. just to, like, make people look pretty, but I'm talking about, like, special effects, like, monsters and alien stuff. And I think that would be so cool. And I know that in the era of CGI, it has kind of taken over a lot of things. But there's there's an artistry to the old school ways. And we shan't forget it. Yeah. It almost always looks better. Truly. Some of the CGI isn't bad, but you're like, oh, I can I can tell that CGI. I can tell. Yeah. It's probably I don't know. I don't know the cost of anything. Like seven dollars. But yeah. 
I think it I has to do it's... with unions. I think I think practical effects people are a part of a union, and the CGI people are not. Hmm. I read something like that. Don't quote me. You you've already been quoted. I don't actually too late. I don't actually know shit. But um, but that's what that's that's what I think is happening. Yeah, that's what I, I feel like reading. if I had this was on Twitter though. Yeah, I feel like if I had a fifty million dollar or a you know three hundred million dollar budget, I would just I would splurge a little bit. Get get those makeup artists in there. Yeah, just you know get pay the... the people what they're worth. I'd yeah. splurge. Like like it's fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, I do anyway. appreciate in Star Wars as much as I lay into it. Sorry, Star Wars, is that. There are different aliens and people and races all look so diverse and they are really like interesting. It's it's not, you know, like, oh, this one looks I, what was I watching? I saw something that was talking about um you know, having like the same face and just a different like nose ridge which is how a lot of, like, alien species looks on <laughs> things. And I'm like, oh, that's funny because it's true. Uh, yeah. But Star Wars gets a lot of props because I feel like they have actually, like, very different-looking species and they have a wide variety of languages. And as much as I sometimes get annoyed because I'm like, how am I supposed to keep track of all of these? Props to them for, like, going all in. Yeah. I think it's very cool. I think it's very interesting. Didn't you hate the languages, Hallie? Yep, I hate it. We, we watched because... we watched Return of the Jedi, which you can find a link to our episode on our episode page when we were watching Return of the Jedi and Return of the King. We watched that together, and I remember you having yeah. very strong feelings about that. Yeah, not because like I have anything against having someone speak another like an alien language. You're anti diversity, but it was like, but it was like speaks alien language. C-3PO translates and says the exact same thing back to the other character. They could have just had... Oh, my God. It was like... They could have had the char- the character speaking the alien language and then had the information relayed in a way that didn't take five minutes of C-3PO repeating information <laughs> we just read in subtitles. And then sometimes the information would be in, like, English and not in... The alien language, and I was just like, I was just baffled. Another, like, it, like, this is another thing that drives me up the wall about Star Wars. I do not understand what its pacing is about. The languages almost always serve no purpose except to mess with the pacing because it takes forever for anyone to say anything and for other people to understand anything. And there's no, like, languages aren't used to like to like covertly share information between two characters secretly um it's not used to show off how someone knows a language or like is smart or whatever it's always just there it's always just there as part of their world building like aha they're speaking another language and we're gonna have c3po translate but it's gonna take five minutes longer than it needed to and it it drives me insane i do not know why scenes in star wars are so slow to me but they are that reminds me david you said that uh critics had beef with the pacing of this movie how so yeah i loved hearing that i think so i i don't know i just read 
that they did. I didn't read any description of it. But um, if I were to guess, part of it would probably be going to like five different planets in the first 10 minutes. Probably. And also, like, it's kind of slow at the beginning, which I, again, am totally down with. I don't mind slow movies at all. But there's there was a lot of, like, jumping around and stuff getting set up. And maybe that could have been streamlined. I don't know. As someone who hates slow movies and detests how often Star Wars jumps around, I did not think it was that bad to me. It it, it seemed... Because my, my problem with Star Wars jumping around from planet to planet is that they seem to make a whole show of we have to go to this planet for this important thing, but I don't know anything about the planet. Whereas... In the beginning, when they're on the different planets, it seems more like this is where the character is. It's, it didn't seem really that different to me than when a movie starts out and it takes place in the U.S. And they have the big title screen come up that says, like, New York for this person. And then it'll say Houston for this person. And that's just before the gang all gets together. But once mm. the gang all gets together, they go to the planet where um, Galen Erso is. And then... They reconvene with the Rebellion, and then they go to the planet, whose name I already forgot, where the last third of the movie takes place. So it it jumps around, but not in a way that seemed bad. It was just getting our characters together. And that's coming from me, a person who hates when Star Wars jumps around. So I think all the critics can suck Yeah, it. I mean, like, you have a point. I still... It just it just has that gets-under-my-skin effect. I don't, I don't know. I'm still just like, move, do something. Stop saying planet names. <laughs> but they weren't saying planet names. They were finding Galen Erso, and then uh, we were meeting Cassian. And then we saw the pilot being taken, and people were like, Oh no, we gotta go get the pilot! It it seemed more leading with the characters than with the location. The location was secondary. I mean, it's true. Once. I just. I wonder how, like a a much more hardcore Star Wars fan would feel about this. Like, was there anybody who was like, "Oh man, we finally get to see Wobani, the Imperial labor camp," <laughs> like, <laughs> or just like kidding. So so excited that we're on Edu for most of this movie. Like, is that... Or not Edu. Edu is part of it, and then they go to Scarif. There's so many planets. Scarif, that's what it is. Scarif yeah. is the one. Edu is where they had the Imperial Kyber refinery. I wrote all of this down because I was like, I'm going to need to think about this later. You know what I liked also about the planets, surprisingly? Hmm is that they were finally different this time. It wasn't an ice planet and a sand planet, and then not really a planet, but people just being on a ship and you see space in the background. We got to see some red rocks. We know how much I love red and orange rocks, so that was yeah, very exciting for me. And I know technically we saw more of a tropical uh, place in in whichever movie had the Ewoks. and Endor. Yeah, yeah, so six. I know that this isn't 
unheard of slash unseen in Star Wars. And I guess Luke did also train at a place that was like tropical. I don't know. But to me, where I had seen much more newer Star Wars than older. I, it, I was so sick of hearing Anakin be like, ah, sand. Like, yeah, Anakin, we're sick of you talking about sand, <laughs> just as sick as you are of sand. And so we got some orange rocks. We got some Hawaii-looking place. And I was here for it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I was a little on the fence about, and we can talk about this a little bit, is just how... like The file extraction system. Okay. <laughs> You've got the two handles and the, like... It's like a claw grabber game almost. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> to go and get the... It's the hard drive. It's like, did did people finally decide the cloud was a bad idea? <laughs> like, what what is happening? I don't know. I, like I but I think system. the thing that's very charming about sci-fi is how it's futuristic but also antiquated at the same time. They yeah. find a way to make it like our technology is so is is so great, but we still use hard drives <laughs> and it's stuck into this like into this wall or how like Pokemon not that you would know Pokemon had like a FaceTime thing or like Zoom that Ash used to like call his mom and Professor Oak but they didn't have regular phones because that wasn't a thing yet or regular cell phones anyway Hmm. so like they just I don't know that just feels like the sci-fi time to make everything old but technologically advanced again and like yeah whatever it's charming. Yeah. You have to climb the thing. It's it's very satisfying when she gets it out and hooks it on her belt. Yeah. She slides it into the, like, floppy disk thing up at the top, and then she's going to, like, align the align the receiver. And it's like, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, this adds, this adds to the ambiance. I am okay with it. Is it silly? Yeah. I don't really care. I like it. I'm a fan. I don't trust the and cloud. The, and and mostly the because I never nice. learned how to work the cloud. So nobody understands the cloud. So no. it can it can go. So the grandma in me is very satisfied by just having hard copies, and I I'm I'm intrigued by how you move the little handle thingy because it doesn't seem to make sense in the sense that uh, there are so many different stacks and and it goes up and down to go to the different levels. And then left and right to go to the different things. But the the way to operate it was like two little sticks. And I guess it makes sense if you're just talking about one pillar going up and down and left and right. But there were there were multiple pillars of hard drives in that place. But it seemed like only one operational thingy. And I don't know how you get from one to the other. It was just a tiny little like inconsequential i wonder how you would do that if we happen to need to go to a different stack but it just i also like, am charmed it just seemed like a simple database program could have gone so far <laughs> you could just like a little keyboard where you type in death star plans <laughs> and it goes and it finds it for you you don't need a whole nother room with a robot guy trying to figure out what the thing is, and then handles to go and grab it. It feels like we have vending machines. (laughs) (laughs) Vending machines are not high technology. (laughs) But you see the thing you want, and you push 
D4, and it'll give you your Twix bar. <laughs> like, why couldn't that have happened with this system? <laughs> and, and the, I think the, I think, you know what? I would like to see a movie where the Empire is, in fact, just the good guys because all they want is to be evil not doing anything to anybody just being evil with their blinking lights and their hardware and their big ships just like sitting there and the rebels keep bothering them by trying to steal their shit so yeah you know what they, they do need to protect it you've you've come around i've come around maybe the, the empire is the good guys yeah they just want to sit and be evil leave them alone yeah all right. Well, I guess there's also Cassian, but I love Cassian. You sound like you don't love Cassian. I was just I I don't know. Cassian's he's all right. I like his I like his accent. His accent's very nice. I also like his accent. I don't know. I just I think he's like he's like he's a good boy. He lets Jin have the blaster because trust goes both ways. And he and K two six O have such a good relationship, and um, like if we had more time with Cassian and Jin before they die, I would have I would have liked to see them flirt a little bit. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. But I, for once, David, and and I'm with you on liking or disliking a character. I feel like that doesn't happen that often. Oh my god. And that I remember when this movie came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, Cassian like hard eyes emoji everywhere." And I was like, "I mean, yeah, no, he's cool. He's fine. He's there. I'm not anti-Cassian. He's fun." But thus concludes my thoughts on Cassian. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have I don't know, everyone just seemed to be like, "Oh my god, he's the greatest and he's cool." But I didn't understand all the obsession. I really liked the pilot. So I was like, can we redirect this <laughs> conversation to Riz Ahmed, please? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, a lot of characters in this movie, they're all good because we like them all and they're all cool. But I feel like we keep saying, like, they're cool and then struggling with something to, like, follow that up with. So I, <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. like yeah. Rogue One did a good job with his characters. It felt just sort of great because it does, it does the classic sad backstory. Like I lost everything when I was six and like, yes, that is a sad sentence, but I, I, I don't know. Give me more than that. Give me like a necklace you keep. I mean, I know Jin has the necklace, so that was a bad example, but, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know. Give me something visually tactile for me to hang on to here. But so like, like can't like, I like Cassian because he seems tired all the time. He seems like he's just trying to do his best and he deals with K260 and he lets Jin keep the blaster and he's just, he's just like trying to get it, get in and out when he's in the prison cell with Saw Gerrera. Um, they're going to, they're going to kill the pilot because they're like, he's an Imperial pilot. And he's like, wait, no, 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 that's the pilot. That's the pilot. So it's just, he has the air of a man just trying to get the job done. And then things keep happening. And that's a good yeah. that's a good air to have. I did like his speech when he shows up with the the volunteers and is like we've all done such terrible things for the rebellion. Like it would be really like we can't stop now no. because like how would we live with ourselves 
after <laughs> doing all of the things that you know we're assassins and we're thieves and like we've done all of this stuff for the rebel cause like we can't just stop now how would we live with ourselves i did like that I like yeah. his speech then which, too which i was like yeah that's that's a really kind of morally complex thing that yeah. we're dealing with all of a sudden i i'm i'm into that yeah like Give me more of that, please. And, like, I don't know. I mean, okay, I know that, that like, sniping people is bad. And it shows that he was a good person for not sniping Galen Erso up on that clifftop. But it's also, like, you could just snipe Krennic. Just do it. Just just snipe the actual Imperial officer wearing the cape and, 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 and boss some people around. You could just do that, Cassian. So if... if it, it felt like Cassian fell victim to, like, the hero, I'm not going to be like you, the bad guy, the murderer, when I have also, you know, like, murdered countless nameless grunts in the, in the, right. in the process of my heroism. So it was nice seeing him acknowledge that. And I feel like maybe he, the reason he hesitated with Galen or so is because he had, he had his daughter, like, you know, with him on the on on the ship and that makes that makes a difference still i i still just think he could have sniped krennic and that would have solved a lot of problems but yeah whatever um you get some later you get some later but no i liked i liked that speech i think they could have done a better job of fleshing him out like i don't think any of the characters are bad or or badly fleshed out i just think that like there could have been more there yeah, but because I, agree I feel with that. that about like all the characters that that's not a particularly that's not a particular slight against Cassian. I just I just I think he's neat. Yeah. I think I think there's not necessarily a trade-off that has to happen, but like when you're trying to tell an epic like a Star Wars movie, it feels like there's so much time spent on like just nailing down here's the plot. Yeah. Here's how things are going, We're and going that to time doesn't now. get spent as much on the characters themselves. And I prefer the opposite. Like I don't care I about know. a plot, but give me cool characters. So I, I don't know. I think that's just maybe a genre thing. That's not my favorite, and not like I, I not genre like sci-fi. Like there's plenty of sci-fi that really cares about their characters mm -hmm. but um yeah i could have i could have used a little bit more a little more fleshing out for some of these folks would have been nice and would have made the sads even sadder absolutely like like if they had been like oh i lost my uh mother's lake cabin on naboo <laughs> but i'm i'm gonna go find it when we're done and we'll have a nice little vacation there together. And it's like, no, you die on a beach. Like that would like that. It's sad yeah. that they die on a beach, but uh, like, like if you, if we knew things that they were trying to get back to, then that would have been just a, like, like a twist of the knife. They could yeah, have done that. Like what, what would everyday life, look like and how would it be different if the empire was gone for the rebels? i know like that's they what want I, like, they want what would something they be doing? different they want something different they want to get life back to or progress in some sort of way 
what is what is it? What are they going for? Right. Like obviously not to be controlled or whatever, but like what is what, not just what, who benefits, but how are you a do farmer? You benefit? How do you benefit? Why do you benefit? Are you a farmer, will you be able to protect your family, keep your money, safely travel from point A to point B? I don't know. I don't know. Open your own coffee shop. Yeah. Tell me about you. Show me pictures of your family. Yeah. The worst part is if there is somebody who's a super big Star Wars fan listening, there are probably like three novels. Like, oh, if you actually read the books, you would know that such and such. I don't know. I'm not going to read the novels. I'm sorry. Me either. (laughs) It's so much work. I mean, it's not if you love Star Wars and if you're willing to devote all that time to it. But I feel like I feel like we don't get any of that cutesy stuff as just as just the moviegoers yeah anyway do we have any other rogue one thoughts or should we get to next episode oh one thing it's not really about rogue one uh but it's it's i was amused by the fact that when it came out i was like it's called rogue one not like rogue one but Rogue One, I don't know. And I was convinced that's how it was said. And my mom, who always puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable, was like, Rogue One. And we were like, no, that's not how you say it. And then it got to the movie where they're like, Rogue One. And we're like, God, no, she's right this time. (laughs) So I was really upset to be wrong. And sometimes I still think about it. I started the movie and was like, not Rogue One, but Rogue One. It never occurred to me to think about pronouncing it Rogue One. Rogue One. Obviously, I wasn't like, I'm going to go to the theater to go see Rogue One. I just Rogue was one. like, I'm going to go see Rogue One. I, I, I can't say it now. It's, it's, the theater. my brain broke, but Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One. Like an, it's like an iambic. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh... All right. Anyway, next time, what do you got for us, David? All right, so next episode is episode 70, which means with our new system <laughs> where I get to pick more than one movie every year, <laughs> uh, I get to pick a movie. Woo. Oh, yeah, I know you're so excited. So in honor of just watching a Disney film, which we did, and Hallie going to Disneyland Disney World? You're going to Disney next yeah, week. Yeah, Disney World next week. I decided to pick a Disney movie. Hey! It's Return to Oz. Re- oh my god! Return to Oz! Yes. I have only seen a little bit of this movie, and it terrified me. I'm so excited. Yes. I don't... It's a, it's a Disney movie from 1985, and it is the weirdest I know nothing about God, this. I'm so thrilled. Absolutely nothing. I feel like I've heard of it and thus concludes my knowledge. Great. Well, tell me the plot summary, Kristen. Um, they return to Oz, but nothing is as it seems. The Avatar is back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That was the first thing that came to mind. Um, I don't know. There's probably like chaos once people were like, hey, that wizard man, 
He doesn't know wizard man things. He's a phony. And um, there's chaos and anarchy and rebellion and one, one Dorothy must rise above the rest <laughs> and bring order after the Fire Nation attacked. All right. Return to Oz. <laughs> yes. Hallie. Yes. G- give My me, summary? Give me, a, give me a plot summary that has nothing to do with the piece of the movie you've seen. Oh, okay. No spoilers. Uh, uh um, Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> start. The thing was about the part that I'd seen. Um, um, Dorothy having returned home to Kansas, finds that she misses the whimsical world of Oz, but luckily she has the perfect excuse to return, for she discovers hiding in her cute little wicker basket a library book. She must return it to Oz. Join Dorothy on her quest to find an interdimensional tornado portal in order to get back to Oz to return the library book, which is called Wicked. Ooh. Great. That's it. That's all I got. Here we That's go. That's return to Oz. That's return to Oz. She gets back. Will she return time. the library book on time? Who knows? Knows. The punishment is death. <laughs> death so. by flying house from tornado. Yeah. Exactly. From tornado. Who will maybe maybe Dorothy is the wicked witch after all. Maybe the Wicked Witch was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Certainly is. Um, so that'll be for next time. Return to Oz. I I can't imagine this is on Disney Plus because <laughs> why would Disney want anything to do with this movie? I'm gonna see if it is. I'm so excited. If you'd like to watch it with me, either of you two, I I do have. I don't own a DVD, but I have a copy of it. Yes. So marvelous. Yep, so that'll be for next time. And until then, so long, Hallie. Adieu, David. Goodbye, Kristen. Adieu, David. (laughs) Stop stealing my bits. (laughs) Adieu, listeners.